Welcome everyone to Radio Days, your golden age radio sampler, where we bring you a wide variety of great radio shows for your enjoyment. Today's pick is The Bob Hope Show, one of the longest running radio programs in the history of the golden age of American radio. Bob Hope knew how to deliver a joke and how to work with others who didn't. He would make himself the foil for his guests, and the audiences loved him for it. Hope's guests were always interesting, and the banter was always good. He volunteered to perform for the USO worldwide every holiday season, and tens of thousands of American troops were entertained by Hope from World War II through Vietnam. Our first episode today is short, and the last few minutes are a little rough, but it was done on August 12, 1944, in the heat of the Pacific War, and provides a good example of one of the Bob Hope Show's Pacific pit stops. During this 12-minute piece, Hope mentions that they're entertaining 2,000 wounded troops who were involved in the Saipan and Tinian campaigns. On board with Bob Hope this time were popular female vocalist Frances Langford and Hope's comic sidekick, Jerry Colonna. Our second episode, taped October 10, 1949, is an episode of the Bob Hope radio show taped in New York City just a few days after the 1949 World Series, in which the Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers in five games. Bob's guests included Doris Day, a well-known singer-actress of the time, and two of the players who contributed greatly to that series, Joe Page, who was a relief pitcher for the Yankees, and Jackie Robinson, who played second base for Casey Stengel's Dodgers. Joe and Jackie got to toss some barbs at Hope and participated in a song at the end of the show. And now, the Bob Hope Show, Somewhere in the Pacific. This summer, vacation at home. Clear the tracks for victory by helping save vital rail space. Space needed for the movement of troops and the comfort of wounded men. WEAF, New York. The program usually scheduled over many of these stations, The Art of Living, will not be heard at this time in order that the National Broadcasting Company may bring you Bob Hope in a special program from a naval hospital in the South Pacific. The Art of Living will be heard at its regular time next week. We now take you to the South Pacific. From somewhere in the South Pacific, we present the Bob Hope Show. Here on this Sunday morning, before nearly 2,000 wounded veterans of the Saipan, Tinian, and Guam campaigns to the Fleet Hospital on the edge of a coconut grove, somewhere in the South Pacific, is Bob Hope and his USO troops. Gentlemen, these wounded men have been through many bitter campaigns. What they're going to face now is ridiculous. Here he is, Bob Hope. Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Mosquito Network Hope. Thanking you boys from Guam, City, and Spain for making the Japs take it on the lab. Yes, sir. Isn't it wonderful what you can do on Spam, huh? Well, here we are in this beautiful, romantic South Pacific island. Boy, aren't these islands pretty? Wait till I see that Dorothy Lamour. What a lie. <laughs> but I really hope you enjoy our show today. We have a nice show here with Francis Langford, Jerry Colonna, Tony Romano, Patty Thomas, and Barney Dean. I know you'll enjoy the girls. You remember girls? Yes, sir, they're doing very fine. In some of these islands we visit, these girls have been the first to land. Won't Eleanor be mad, huh? (laughs) 
course, she would have made those islands if she stopped to trade with the natives along the way. <laughs> We've had a very fast flying trip up to now. Flew all the way down here from San Francisco. Didn't scare me a bit. I read a novel coming down. Going back, I'm going to read the second page. <laughs> Everybody had a lot of fun on the plane. I know because I looked inside and saw them. And when we got about uh, when uh, when we got about halfway down, the pilot turned around to me and said, "Are you a little nervous?" I said, "Yeah, this is only my third time up. He said, you beat me. This is my first." <laughs> I said, "It's a little rough out there. Don't you think we ought to have parachutes?" He said, "Don't be silly. The ones with parachutes jumped an hour ago." <laughs> Talk about weather over that Pacific. It was so rough, the automatic pilot bailed out. I've never seen it. <laughs> Finally, the crew chief tapped me on the shoulder and said, in case of an accident, the pilot is the last one to leave the plane. I said, why tell me that? He says, I don't want to make you nervous, but there he is down there. <laughs> you know, before I left the States, I finished another road picture with Crosby and Lamore. We're going to work on the alleys next. <laughs> Ah, that Lamour. Ten weeks of Lamour and I got money, too. <laughs> so think what that cost me in vitamin pills alone. Just think. <laughs> and, of course, you all know Crosby, Sinatra's father. He's doing very, very well. <laughs> Sinatra's doing okay, too. He's just been elected uh, the, the wax pinup boy. <laughs> they got to pin him up or he'll fall down. <laughs> Young fellas has been in our orchestra for the past three years in our different travels. A guy from Fresno, California, composer and a grand guitar player, Tony Romano. Let's get I 
McBride with Doris Day, Jack Kirkwood, Irene Ryan, yours truly, High Averback, and Les Brown and his band of renown. And here he is, the man who came to New York to win a bundle on the series and is now doing his own laundry, Bob Hope! Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob World Series Hope telling you whether you're young girls or old codgers, please help me by using Swan to launder your bloomers and shorts. I just lost mine on the Dodgers. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, here we are in New York. I flew in to see the World Series. We observed one minute silence over Cleveland. What a World Series. Two Russians got off the boat and saw the headline, Bums Tangled with Yanks. <laughs> One turned to the other and said, Comrade, the hour is struck. <laughs> I was really interested in the World Series. After all, I've been a Dodger all my life. You have to be to stay alive in this racket. <laughs> and, and it was a Subway Series. Subway Series. That means you breathe in in Manhattan and breathe out in Brooklyn. And what crowd's going to the game? A sardine got on the subway at 42nd Street. You had to get off at 49th. <laughs> he said, I simply can't do it without oil. <laughs> yes, sir, it was so crowded I lost my seat. Luckily, it was an old suit. But I had a nice... <laughs> but I had a nice seat for the games around the west side of the park. I don't know how far west I was, but the guy next to me was roping a steer. <laughs> I thought my seat had been upholstered. Then I found out I was sitting between Kate Smith and Kate Smith. <laughs> it was nice, but I couldn't see the foul lines. <laughs> yes, sir, I stopped off in Washington on the way in. Washington, that's a financial expression, meaning there will always be in England. And the... Uh... <laughs> Thank you. And the Washington columnists tell me that gossip is becoming harder to get. Winchell sat at the keyhole for a week and then found out he was watching Drew Pearson's left eye. <laughs> but I love New York. I went to Madison Square Garden the other night, saw the fights. Ingrid Bergman sat next to me. She was yelling for a decision. Then I, uh... <laughs> I know Ingrid's got a tough decision to make. After all, you can't have your pizza and eat it, too. <laughs> Jack Benny's in town for the series. He took me out for dinner last night to the Automat. <laughs> we had tomato juice, a shrimp cocktail, and green salad, and then the string broke on his nickel. <laughs> and, and there are a lot of celebrities here in town. I saw Ali Khan going to see South Pacific. He had a ticket. <laughs> he was all alone. He had to use Rita as a down payment. Ezio Pins is really terrific in South Pacific. Yes, sir, Pins sings like Crosby before Saratan set in. <laughs> and you know, I can just see what's going to happen when Hollywood makes its version of South Pacific. It'll open with Sidney Greenstreet singing Ballet High. <laughs> and for the finale, instead of Mary Martin doing I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair, they'll have General MacArthur luxing his undies. 
You know, friends, if your present brand of soap helps get you clean, you may assume you're getting your money's worth. But the first time you bathe with Swan Soap, you'll find out you've been missing something. For this newer, better, white-floating soap has a wonderful new free sudsing action that turns a routine bath into a luxurious beauty treatment. In hard or soft water, Swan's marvelous free sudsing action foams up into a rich, creamy lather that caresses your skin, making short work of dirt, dust, and grime, and leaves your face, hands, and body feeling soft and smooth as velvet. It's that mild, pure Swan lather that makes Swan soap such a joy for baby's bath, too. So safe for your most delicate washables. Yes, and such a miracle for dishes. Those superactive Swan suds whip through dishes so fast, you're out of the kitchen almost before you start. See the difference for yourself. Switch today to Swan, the new, better, white-floating soap with that wonderful free sudsing action for face, hands, bath, and dishes. You'll be mighty glad you did. My good friend Jack Norworth will never be forgotten for this next classic, now done by the four hits and a miss, yours truly and our swan doll of song, Miss Doris Day, ladies and gentlemen. some peanuts and cracker jack I don't care if I never get back let me root 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 for the whole team if they don't win it's a shame for, for it's one two three strikes you're out at the old ball game take me out to the ball game Take me out with a crowd Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack I don't care if I never get back Let me root, root, root for the home team If they don't win, it's a shame For it's one, one, two, two, three strikes you're out At the old ball game Root, root for the home team if they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, one, two, two, three, strike you out at the old ball game. gentlemen, Bob promised Doris Day that when they got to New York, he'd take her to see the World Series. We now find them watching the Yankees and Dodgers battling it out in a crucial game. Gee, Doris, aren't you excited seeing the series? Oh, yeah, but somehow I thought it would be different. Oh, I think it's swell. Hey, buddy. What? Why can't you watch a game like the other people? The other people? Yeah. 
They're satisfied to stand out on the sidewalk and watch the television. You gotta get right in my window. <laughs> well, why should the people outside complain? After all, the set has a 16-inch screen. Yeah, but they gotta watch it through that one-inch hole in your head. <laughs> Now, Bob, after all, the man needs this window for displaying his electrical goods. Yeah. I don't mind saving you 20 bucks on baseball tickets, but between innings, do you have to wash out your socks in the Bendix? <laughs> You've been eating hot dogs, too. Hot dogs? How do you know? I emptied the vacuum cleaner yesterday, and Hoover was wearing a weenie skin for a collar. <laughs> Well, no Republican is well-dressed nowadays. Look, mister. <laughs> You're making me miss the game. Hey, look at that. I didn't know the Dodgers wore yellow uniforms. They don't. You got mustard on the screen. <laughs> look, buddy, don't think you're doing me such a favor. Come on, Doris, let's get out of here. Gee, Bob, do you mean it? Are you really going to buy tickets so we can actually go to the game? Yeah. Oh, but the tickets are so scarce. How can you get any? Doris, I've got influence. Did you forget that I'm part owner of the Cleveland Indians? They can get me in. How can they get you in the game? They can't even get back into Cleveland. <laughs> oh, just because you're from Cincinnati, huh? Never mind, Doris. I'll get tickets. I heard of a ticket agent named Broadway Benny. I bet he'll take care of me. Let's go. <laughs> Now, Bob, we're going to take a cab, even That's if That's our answer to the Lux show, isn't that great? <laughs> now, Bob, we're going to take a cab, even if you are afraid to ride in them. But, Doris, this New York traffic and these Manhattan cab drivers, it's, it's dangerous. Don't be such a coward. Bob, these cab drivers know what they're doing. Taxi, mister? <laughs> yeah, but wait a minute. Are you a careful driver? Oh, yes. You'll be perfectly safe with me. Get right in. <laughs> Now, wait a second. You're in the back seat with us. Darn it, without my glasses, I can't tell the back from the front. <laughs> well, we're going to do great with this guy. Come here, boy. How many fingers am I holding up? Count them. Well? Now, don't rush me. First, I've got to find your legs and work my way up. <laughs> Well, get up in the front, mister, and let's get going. Okay. Well, what'd you stop for, driver? Uh, I have to get out and feel around for the white line. <laughs> Do you ever have a blood transfusion from an umpire? been nearsighted. You see, for three years after I was born, my mother kept me in the dark. She, she, kept, she kept you in the dark? Oh, she didn't mean to. She was nearsighted, too, and she used to get my diaper on the wrong end. Now, where does he go? Help! Let me out of here! 
That makes me so mad. I'll bet I shut myself in that glove compartment four times a day. <laughs> What's the matter now? There's something on the front of the hood. What is it? A bellboy. We're in the lobby of the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> I can't see a thing. Bob, let's leave him here and find Honest Benny's ticket agency. Why is it when you do something, it always turns... Hello, Doris. Hello, Mr. Howard. Well, Miss Ryan. (laughs) Miss Ryan, and you're all dressed up. Yes, I'll bet you're taking New York by storm. Well, no, Doris, it didn't turn out that way. I guess I'm just unlucky. (laughs) Other girls here seem to wind up with champagne and Victor Mature. And you? A short beer and Mighty Joe Young. (laughs) I'm looking for a ticket agent named Honest Broadway Benny. Oh, well, he's right here in the hotel. He got me into the game. He did? Yes, I played it smart, though. I saw a blonde walk in and smile at him, and he gave her a seat right in the grandstand. Oh, really? Yes. So right after that, I walked in and gave him a big smile, too. (laughs) Well, are you in the grandstand? No, someplace called the bullpen. (laughs) Bye now. I'll see you later. Come on, Doris. Let's talk to that ticket agent. Well, here's the office. It says, Honest Broadway Benny. Tickets for anything. Oh, pardon me. Are you Honest Benny? That's right, boy. Come right in. (laughs) Well, thank you. Make yourself comfortable. Take off your hat and wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what can I do for you, boy? Now, wait a minute. What's the idea of calling me boy? Oh, I don't know. I saw you wearing trousers, so I took a chance. Look, are you the owner of this ticket agency? Yep, yep, that's right. That's me, Broadway Benny in the flesh. <laughs> Looks like you got a traffic jam around Times Square there. <laughs> you got quite a crowd in Central Park yourself. I don't like this whole thing. I smell a rat. I know, that cat's getting lazier every day. <laughs> now, look, folks, I just been fooling around here. I got two tickets for you right on the first baseline. That'll be $20. Oh, gee, thanks. Here you are. Come on, Doris. Gee, Bob, you kept your promise after all. Here we are on the way to the ball game. I'm so grateful to you. Yeah, well, look, Doris, we're just going into the Holland Tunnel. Would you mind if I gave you a little kiss? Oh, gosh, no. Go ahead. Gee, somehow I thought it would be different. Without my glasses, I can't see a thing. <laughs> Washington. New Orleans, Louisiana. Bangor, Maine. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Roanoke, Virginia. And lots more. Lots more what, hi? Cities and towns all over the country have written in for the wonderful Care Swan Group Kit. Yes, and in many cases, Care has received requests from a great many different groups in the same city. Well, that's swell, Doris. It means that church, school, and charitable organizations, business, social, and fraternal groups, and clubs of all kinds are all working together to help those needy children overseas get the soap they want so badly. Friends, has your organization obtained its soap campaign participation material yet? It's free for the asking. Just drop a note to CARE, 
Soap Campaign, Box 8, Cambridge, Massachusetts. This complete Swan Care Group Kit will really be a great help to your organization, friends, because it contains just about everything you can think of to help you collect Swan wrappers all over town. Prepared speeches, program material, important facts, and a special care certificate made out to your own organization, plus an individual care lapel pin for each of your members. Write for this group kit today to Care Soap Campaign, Box 8, Cambridge, Massachusetts. But remember, you don't have to be a member of a group to help those needy children overseas. As an individual, you can send your wrappers direct to Care in Boston. For every two wrappers you send in, Care will speed a regular-sized cake of swan to some needy child overseas. Yes, a regular-sized cake of swan. The same newer, better white-floating soap with that wonderful free sudsing action. The same wonderful swan you yourself use for face... Hands, bath, and dishes. So don't delay, folks. Write today for your Care Swan Group Kit to Care Soap Campaign, P.O. Box 8, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And keep on sending your swan wrappers regularly to Care Boston 1, Massachusetts. And don't forget to buy Care food packages, too, and send them to needy families through Care. Remember that address, friends. For the special group kit, write to Care Post Office Box 8, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And to speed cakes of free sudsing swan soap overseas, send your swan wrappers to Care... Boston 1, Massachusetts. What All America is Talking About. This week, All America is talking about one of the most exciting World Series in baseball history. Right now, I'd like to have you meet one of the great players whose sensational relief pitching made World Series history and qualifies him to be New York's favorite son. The fellow who rushes in with the Novocaine when the bases are loaded... Fireman Joe Page, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that fine? Joe, that applause, that applause is for you, Joe, and I'll bet there are a lot of people sitting at their loudspeakers tonight applauding your great performances of the series. You think there are people listening? <laughs> Oh, you're wondering too, huh? <laughs> Look, don't throw any curves, Joe. The season's over. You know that, don't you? And I bet you're happy about it, too. Pitching in those games must be a terrific strain. It is, Bob. There's a lot of tension. You want to make every minute count. Did you ever feel that way? Yeah, when I was making the pale face with Jane Russell. <laughs> well, what are your plans now, Joe? Well, the first thing I want to do is rest up a bit. You know, I'm tired. Yeah, I know what you mean. The series has taken so much out of me, too. Out of you? Sure, don't forget, you were only out in the field. I was up in the bleachers with the Dodgers fans. <laughs> Dodger fan, that's an atomic bomb with a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> what fans over there? An argument came up at home plate. I was drinking a Coke, and the guy next to me threw the bottle. So? Hmm? So? I was still holding on to it. <laughs> So, he says. <laughs> Where are you going on your vacation, Joe? Oh, there's a little lake up in the high Sierras. I go up there hunting, put my decoys out, and just keep shooting away. Yeah, well, how many ducks do you get? Oh, there's no ducks around there, Bob. I just shoot at the decoys. <laughs> well, why do you like to shoot at decoys? Well, because from a distance, they look like the umpires. <laughs> well, Joe... I'd like to pause here for a moment to introduce a fellow who is one of the outstanding athletes of our day, a boy who went from the gridiron to the baseball diamond who was power batting, contributed mightily in helping Brooklyn win the National League pennant. Ladies and gentlemen, 
the sensational second baseman of the Dodgers, Jackie Robinson, right here. It's a real thrill having you with us tonight. Oh, thank you very much, Bob. Now, you're not nervous in front of all these people, are you? If you are, just steal a few bases, then we'll start talking. <laughs> no, I'm all right, Bob, but tonight's a sad night over there across the river. Why, what do you mean? Well, that tree that grows in Brooklyn is now a weeping willow. Isn't that swell? Well, Jackie, I guess that that $5,000 you got as a player's share will come in pretty handy, won't it? 5000 Is that what we got, Bob? Jack, you mean you don't know how much you got? How well, come? Oh, well, Mrs. Robinson's been sitting on it since Sunday night. <laughs> Your wife grabs the money that fast, Jackie? Bob, she grabs that money faster than I can say Jack Robinson, and that's my name. <laughs> but Jackie, I'm sure, I'm sure all of us would like to know, tell us, how do you feel out there in the field with a close game with 70,000 pairs of eyes watching you? <laughs> well, we get pretty nervous, Bob. You know, I'm, we're always afraid of dropping one. Yeah, I feel the same way every Tuesday night. <laughs> I have to be careful. They make them clean them up here till they make them... <laughs> Jackie, you've met uh, Joe Page here. Yeah, too many times in this city. <laughs> How you doing, Joe? Well, don't say it like that. There'll be other years, you know. <laughs> Hiya, Joe. He sounds like Tito talking to Stalin. <laughs> you played a great series, Jackie. Yes, sir, you really made time around those bases. Tell me, how do you keep in such good shape? Oh, I usually do about 10 miles of road work every day. Hmm. Well, personally, I start out with three hours of calisthenics every morning. And then I go over to the gym and box 20 rounds. Well, I prefer a couple hours of weightlifting with 300-pound weights. Anyone for ping pong? <laughs> But you know, it's a wonderful having you fellas with me tonight. The three of us, all great baseball players. The, the three of us, Bob, who'd you ever play with? Who'd I play with? For four years, I was Letterman on Vassar. <laughs> but Bob, Vassar's a girls' school. How could you play in their baseball team? I used to take my showers at home. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget the big game. Vassar versus Smith versus Wellesley. How could three teams play in one game? Oh, what do girls know? <laughs> well, come, come to think of it, Bob, you are built pretty well. You could be a ball player. Oh, I thought you'd notice it sooner or later. <laughs> Thank you. Sure, Bob. You could stand on first base and your stomach could steal over to second. Now, wait. Wait a minute. And on the way over, you could trip the shortstop with your nose. No. <laughs> Has Casey Stengel been writing your material, boy? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, fellas, I'll stick to my racket and you stick to yours. And believe me, your two clubs put on a display of great baseball and fine sportsmanship that was a tribute to the game. Thanks, Bob, and we feel that whether you're in the game or not... There's no business like baseball, business like no business we know. Whether you are short or tall and lanky, 
It doesn't really matter where you're from. You've always got a chance to be a Yankee. Or you can wind up a bum. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute, fellas. I'd like to know one thing. What is that you're doing there? Well, Bob, we're singing. Now, you may be singing, but your tonsils are still on the bench. <laughs> yes, sir, there's no people like baseball people. But wait, that isn't all. The day you start a training camp, you're in a world. Can't drink or smoke, you can't kiss a girl. I'd only wish a thing like that on Milton I'm proud to say that I played for the Yankees. I tried to bring the Brooklyn Dodgers fame. I spent four years at Bellevue Subnormal. <laughs> and then sold hot dogs at the game. <laughs> With lots of mustard, everybody hey, knows that you're hey, a hey, 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 everybody. Hey, yes, Jack. <laughs> Tell me, what was that? I was singing. What's the matter? Don't you like my voice? You sound like Kirsten Flagstead at half smashed. <laughs> I love that. That's better than the way it's written. <laughs> Through me, boy. Where do we go now? <laughs> oh, yes, at half mass. Get in quick, fellas. We, we, we said there's no series like the world series, but wait, that isn't all. You make an error and the crowd thinks you're a dope. You claim you're safe, but the ump says nope. Be glad that they don't pay you off in bars of soap. Play ball, brother, play ball. We don't mean checkers. Play ball, brother, play ball. Thanks for the memory of our World Series games, of democracy acclaims, of Joe Dimaggio and Jackie Robb, of all great baseball names. We thank you so much. Who wrote this, Cole Hope? Ladies and gentlemen, October the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, we're going up Canada way, going up to Toronto, Montreal, Guelph, Ontario, and Windsor, Canada. Going to be there 12th, 13th, 14th. Looking forward to that trip because a lot of friends up there. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank, just so a big bouquet of thanks, a little old Manhattan, the town here with the king-size buildings and the king-size baseball teams. Believe me, there's no bigger thrill than coming to the big town for the World Series. And I'd like to say that New York may be big, but that baseball is bigger. Baseball is the number one game of the nation where every kid has a chance to grow up and be president or play center field for the Yankees or second base for the Dodgers. Yes, sir, baseball is American as America's first pennant, the one that Betsy Ross made. And a word about the community chess. You know, that chest is like baseball, too. It takes crippled youngsters with two strikes on them and sees that they draw a walk. And when you're in trouble, it sends in a pinch hitter. 365 days a year, it's in there pitching. So let's see that the community chess, like the Yankees and the Dodgers, have a big season. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you.
Sanger, Swan Rapids, to care, Boston One, Massachusetts. For every two rappers sent in, a regular-sized cake of Swan Soap will go overseas to some needy kid. Are you that girl everyone's raving about? She found her own rave number on the dial-a-wave chart. Now she's my number one rave. She's my sweet, sweetheart. Rave and only Rave Home Permanent brings you the easy-to-use dial-a-wave chart to end guesswork in home waving. A flick of your finger and there's your rave number, your personal guide to the perfect wave for your kind of hair. So fast, yet so sure, Rave Home Permanent gives you exactly the amount of curl you want, long-lasting yet more natural from the very first day. Makers of Swan have brought you the Bob Hope Show, transcribed from New York City. Coming up are America's favorites, Fibber McGee and Molly on NBC. Thanks for joining us at Radio Days, your golden age radio sampler. Let us know which of our shows you like best, and we'll keep them coming. Just email us at 1001storiespodcast at gmail.com. And leave a review at iTunes for us. We appreciate it. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.